Our four-man, two-wagon team pulled out of Fort Hayes in the early spring of 1871. On our second day out, we saw small bunches of buffalo among the low hills. It was a good sign. We found a location near the banks of the Saline River northwest of Fort Hayes. The Saline River is a tributary of the Smoky Hill. The name Saline is French translation of Nemiska, meaning salty. Jim conveyed to me that this area of land was full of hostile Indians. He told me of an incident which occurred to a surveying crew of when they were attacked by 30 Cheyenne warriors. These six men had been surveying a route for the Union Pacific Railway in August of 1867. It appears these Cheyenne warriors did not like the idea of the construction of the iron rails for their homeland, Jim clarified as we drove along the riverbank. All six of the railroad workers had been killed in the attack. The Union Pacific became upset about the incident and called upon the 10th Cavalry to settle the Indian dispute. A second battle occurred when 38 Buffalo soldiers pursued the Cheyenne out of Fort Hayes. Jim then laughed. The laugh came from Jim like something bigger was about to be said. Strained at first, stopping and starting. I could tell by his voice there was more to come from his story. Jim paused from his laughter. Well, it did not take long for those Cheyenne to muster up 400 warriors. Those buffalo soldiers soon found their unit surrounded. Now this quick-thinking captain by the name of George Ames rapidly ordered his men to dismount and fight on foot. Ames ordered his men to form a compact defensive maneuver by forming a hollow square around the cavalry horses. They used this formation to march back to Fort Hayes. The battle raged for six hours as the buffalo soldiers fought off their attackers. That's a lot of shooting, I said. Yep, Jim responded. It was more of a smoke screen than a firefight. Jim laughed and explained. In a 13-mile march, those buffalo soldiers shot off almost 2,000 rounds of ammunition and only killed six Indians. Sadly to say, those Indians were not any better at killing soldiers, for they only killed one buffalo soldier. We both laughed at Jim's statement. Yep, that Captain Ames was a smart thinker that day, Jim resolved by a statement. He marched that Indian attack all but 10 miles back to Fort Hayes. In fact, I think those Indians were so riled up that they may have gone inside the fort with him, but instead they just rode off. We located a place where there was a good stand of trees along the riverbank. There, at our decided campsite, we saw herds of deer, flocks of turkeys, and schools of fish. While unpacking the wagons, I asked Jim about his wife. He said he did not want to talk about it and told me to mind my own business. So I readily did what he told me and started helping prepare our camp. Tom Nixon and A.C. Myers spent the first day making pegs for stretching hides, putting up the tent and gathering buffalo chips and driftwood for the fire. Everyone pitched in and dug a fireplace in the bank and prepared for business. We bellied and hobbled our mules, then turned them loose on the nutritious grass of the river bottoms. We ate broiled venison for supper. After pipes and coffee, we turned in. 
Then, later that night, Jim and I huddled over the remnants of an exhausted campfire. He had his share of whiskey that evening, keeping mostly to himself, and began rumbling about my question. The question about his wife. He stared into the low-glowing coals of the fire. I joined the Confederate Army when the war broke out, working as a grain buyer and a wagon boss, Jim said, taking a stick stirring the cinders of the fire. After the conflict ended, I got married in 68, and my wife and I drifted down into Mexico. A Spaniard took a fancy to my wife and convinced her she'd be better off with him than with me. He had a lot of wealth, and I had nothing but adventure in my blood. Jim said, as I could tell the story he told me bothered him. Jim shoved the stick deeper into the coals. The sparks from the cinder danced around us, and I could see the glow of the fire in Jim's eyes. I killed that rich Spaniard right in front of her, he said. I killed him dead, and three of his bodyguards who tried to stop me. Jim's statement brought me to silence as I knew Jim was in a rage of emotion, so I waited for his next words. They put out a reward for my head. A large reward offering me dead or alive, Jim said as he lay back and rested his head on the saddle next to him. That was the day I walked out of Mexico, 700 miles into Texas, with no horse, and changed my name to White. I looked up at the sky. The Big Depper pointed to the North Star. The heavens above me shone brightly with glistening stars, but the smoke and the low-hanging mist from the creek gave me a sense of loneliness as Jim fell fast asleep. An hour afterward, I heard a dashing and a splashing in the spring. A band of buffalo was pouring over the bank. I got up in my shirt tail, took my gun, and ran along the edge of the bank toward the spring. Dark masses of the animals had clustered on the river bank, drinking from the little pools of fresh water. I could hear their low murmur of satisfaction as they sucked up the fresh water. The bank was crumbling beneath their feet and filling to the sand. As we camped the leeward to the wind, the herd did not sense us. It was a cloudy night. They saw me and scattered. Most of them scrambled up the path leading to the top of the bank and others darted over the sands. As it was too dark to shoot with any degree of certainty, I started in the direction of the camp when a snap of a twig broke behind me. I froze for a second and out of the dark appeared Tom Nixon. What are you doing out here? I explored. Well, I saw you leave camp, and with the number of Indians about, I thought I'd give you some backup if needed, Tom replied. So what's your story, I petitioned. Where are you from, and what brings you out here? I was curious and wanted to get the full story out of Nixon. Tom told me he had purchased some land outside of Fort Dodge and was running wood and hay supplies for the Army. The owner of the sutler's store, a Mr. Wright, told me he thought the railroad would soon be approaching Fort Dodge. Wright knew about the Buffalo Hide trade agreement and asked me to come out here and check it out. He said the railroad could serve as a shipping service for the hide trade. 